What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another Jets episode on the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And, of course, we're going to start off with talking about, you know, that guy, Deshaun Watson, and the whole trade scenario and all the rumors, but we're not going to harp too much on it. We're just going to basically Jets-plain what's been going on with the media, with Shefty, uh, with the agents, and all that, just so we know what's going on from that perspective. And then we're going to jump into the Jets' defense, and we're going to go through each and every uh, position on the defense, and we're going to talk about who we should sign, who we should let go, and if there are any free agents um, that might uh, catch Alex and I's eye. Um, and Alex, what's for et cetera today? What's good, John? And for et cetera, we're going to go through some player prop options for this Super Bowl weekend, baby. Let's get it going. All right, let's go, Ricey. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another Jets episode on the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And I know it was Groundhog's Day the other day, and it's still Groundhog's Day in Jets land. Because all we're doing right now is talking about the Jets and Deshaun Watson and Sam Darnold and the number two pick. And round and round and round we go. The one thing that happened uh, this past week is we saw Matt Stafford uh get traded for that crazy deal so we have just so many things going on um in the jets world that doesn't really pertain to the jets that has to do with the jets then we actually have the free agency and the league about to open we just have so much so much going on alex but what's up with you dude how are you how was your last week and are you excited for the super bowl man what's going on john and uh you know the week's going pretty well had a good had a good weekend. Uh, wish the Knicks won on Monday, but we got Knicks basketball tonight. We're recording at uh, 7.42 p.m. Wednesday night. We got Knicks with their, I guess, their second game against Chicago out in Chi-Town. So we're going to see, we're going to catch that game. But yeah, man, everything's, everything's good. Uh, I mean, I texted you about that Stafford trade. I was a little confused about it. You know, I, me, I'm more of a basketball guy. You were the NFL expert on this podcast and you know more about this the contracts and everything that goes around for that stuff and when i was when i saw it i was like yo how does this impact the jets and john was like dude relax relax and he's here to tell you guys relax <laughs> yeah, it doesn't impact yo. us it doesn't yo, we're so, here we're here we're here to jets explain it all man we're here to jets explain it all yeah for sure so i mean i don't know the Stafford deal is kind of crazy cuz you know as you explained to me and i'll let you go more into it um Stafford, the reason why Stafford cost, what was it, two first round picks, a third, and Jared Goff is because really just Jared Goff's contract is just the most <laughs> astronomical, insane thing that any team has to take on. And, you know, I saw a tweet, saw a tweet about this and I didn't really think about it. Can you imagine, you know who Jared Goff's best friend is going to be out there in Detroit? I'll give you a guess. I'll let you guess. Uh oh, I'm nervous. Blake Griffin. Oh no! Where where else do people from LA go who get big contracts, promise that they're going to be with the LA team for the rest of their career, and they get shipped off to apparently Detroit? So Damn. those are those are actually two really good comparison guys. I completely <laughs> forgot about about Blake going from LA, who got drafted in LA too. Also first pick. Like oh man, just so much, so many similarities. Dude. I didn't even realize. Sucks. 
Absolutely, it sucks. So I'll let you go on a little bit more on how this does it because I want like I know fans are out there right now. They're wondering how this impacts the Jets, and they see the they saw the trade that went out for Matt Stafford, who. You know, it's like he's a beast, or, dude. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's here's like the number one, the number one takeaway um, that I'm glad is kind of like rolling down. Um, I don't even know. Like the the timeline is Matt Stafford's a really good quarterback. Like he, he he's been a really good quarterback. He's finally getting, I think, recognized as a good quarterback because he was in. You think the Jets are a dumpster fire with their ownership and their management and their head coaches, man? Like the De- like the Detroit Lions' best player in the last two decades doesn't even talk to them, Calvin Johnson, because they stole his roster bonus and they won't give it back. <laughs> like like they they have issues over there. Tragedy. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they they got problems over there. So I'm glad that Stafford's going to um a really, really perfect spot for him. Um with Sean McVay and LA. He has a house out there and he's a warrior, man. I am I'm I'm, I'm glad he's gonna um he's gonna have fun in LA. <laughs> I'm gonna miss him on uh early morning Thanksgiving. Um but that's that's pretty much uh it there. But for the Jets perspective and why everyone starts screaming, oh my goodness, if Matt Stafford is worth two first-round picks, what is Deshaun Watson going to cost, right? And that's not the thinking, because as you alluded to, it's not all about Matt Stafford here. Of course, Matt Stafford's worth at least first one first-round pick, and then maybe a late-rounder. That's that's feasible. That's pretty normal. You know what I mean? He's a veteran, two, you know, two or three years left probably, and like he he still has a championship window. Like that, that that's legit, right? That's like that's a legit trade. For sure. But what, for sure. what? Yeah, but what goes what gets crazy is like why are we throwing in a starting quarterback? Why are we throwing in all these extra picks? And it's because it's kind of like the the Houston Texans Brock Osweiler trade where you where you're really getting you're really trading someone to get rid of them. So in order to get rid of that ridiculous Jared Goff contract, absolutely insane. He has, I think, like sixty million for the like uh, over the next couple of years, sixty million in dead cap, right? I think um, the Rams owe twenty million of it this year, so it's only like twenty million this year, uh, about thirty next year, and then twenty in the next combined two years, which is insane for Jared Goff. Like the Detroit Lions are now in cap hell, but guess what? It does not matter. Like, it does not matter for the Detroit Lions to be in cap hell. That's something that they could take in, a la the Detroit Pistons. You know what I mean? With Blake Griffin. Like, that was a perfect analogy that you made. Like, that, that's what's that's what's happening over there. So, they're taking on that contract. And, I mean, another thing you have to think about is how much the Rams don't value their first-round picks. You know what I mean? They, 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 like they don't care. Giving them up like candy, man. Giving it up like candy. My God. So that's that's another thing we have to consider. You know what I mean? Like obviously Joe Douglas, like he treats six round picks like gold. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a contrast. Oh yeah, for sure. And like, look, we remember the Jalen Ramsey trade and like that cost a first round pick. Look, the Rams are in a position where they're here to win now. They don't, that's why they're mortgaging all this. You know, when, when people talk about NFL teams or any team really giving up a first round pick, it's because they're in a win now situation and they see that there are only a few pieces away in order to get to where they need to go. The Rams in this situation, as you alluded to, John, I think everyone realized that they weren't going to do anything with Jared Goff. All right. And we had, Detroit Lions, new coach, 
They're like, look, Matt Stafford, we're not going to do this. We're going to go in a totally different direction. All right, fine. It was a perfect scenario because the Rams, we saw the last two seasons after that one Super Bowl appearance where Jared Goff's offense, Jared Goff and the offense just went kablooey. Like, we didn't know where it went. It was, like, prolific the entire season. They see the New England Patriots, and they could barely put up any points. So they see what they had. And then the next two seasons, you saw, like, a mediocre season where they, where they go 7-9 and nine this season. Like, it was just pathetic. Like, or was it 9-7? and seven? I think it was 9-7. and seven. I'd have to double-check that. I think it was actually 9-7. and seven. But regardless... They see that they weren't going anywhere with Jared Goff, mm-hmm. and they need to make a move. So come in Stafford. Stafford's actually a good quarterback. He's been putting Detroit on their back for the last God knows how long. Like everyone talks about, Matt Stafford wasn't hasn't been, like they were talking about like him only needed Megatron. No, there was just no one else but Megatron on that team. Okay, that that's why that team worked. That's why <laughs> that's how that team worked. And then we see Megatron leaves, and Stafford could get it to everybody. Anybody and anybody, he keeps he keeps them in games. I can't remember how many times he's come back and like with victories and then just blows it all away because the defense doesn't exist or they don't even have a running back to go help him. That team's just been mismanaged for the last God knows how long. So that's why the situation worked, you know. And, and you said it so well, yeah. especially laying it all out with the contract situation. And it, it'll be interesting, man. I think Stafford. I'm. I, I'll say this, and I tweeted this. I am going to take Matt Stafford next year as my fantasy quarterback because him on the Rams, you give him Robert Wood, you give him Cooper Cup, you give him, uh, oh my God, just like all those offensive weapons. My God, it's it's all it's over, man. Like he should do a lot of like numbers wise, he should be doing a lot of work. So we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see him. Uh, I, I'm confident that we're going to see him perform next season. Yeah, I I, I agree. I, I'm I'm confident that Stafford is going to uh, thrive for sure. Um, what I'm really, so, okay. So Alex, me and you, we don't have inside sources in the NFL. Okay. (laughs) Let's be, let's be frank about it. Right. But we can pick up clues and we're, we're informed that we read and we listen so we can pick up clues. So, uh, Mike Lombardi this week was talking about how Matt Stafford is likely going to be traded before the Super Bowl, And that was really the consensus, right? That he was going to be traded quick. He's going to be traded quick. They don't make that stuff up. You know what I mean? They, they know. Or, you know, like Colin Coward, he knows. He knows that Stafford's about to get traded. He knows that he was going to go to LA and he's kind of like holding that to the chest, but they know. And that's why they sort of put out clues. Okay. Why this matters is because I've been, uh, honestly, Michael Lombardi's been really, um, on top of these situations, uh, lately. And he's been really outlining the Deshaun Watson situation. So. He's been talking about it from a GM perspective. For the, remember those turmoil, the, the turmoil two weeks where it was like Deshaun Watson, he's getting traded, and we heard about his no trade clause of, at nauseum, and and he was wearing green and white, and and the Jets this and liking this and that. That was really fun for all of us, but the way Lombardi put it, and I I, I kind of agree, he really pissed off some people on the Texans. Okay, the Texans are a real organization and they're here to negotiate with their own contracts, right? Like Deshaun Watson is their asset and they're not going to be manhandled by Deshaun Watson and his marketing team. And he's going to say, okay, I have a no trade clause and we're going to be negotiating with ourselves. This is not going to happen. So the reports were that Joe Douglas and the Texans spoke. Great. As soon as that happened... We had two, we had two different 
uh, we had two different things kind of come out of that, right? We had like the Texans beat writers saying there's no way Deshaun Watson's getting traded at all. And then we had Adam Schefter and like the NFL writers come out and say, you know what? It's really not looking like the Jets are the front runners here, which is super curious, right? You're like, how can this be? We the ones that call them. How can we not be the front runners? We have all the assets. I think it's because the overlying headline was always the Texans want three first round. They want a whole lot. They want three first round picks and Quinn and Williams. And that's, as soon as that happened, that's when they said the Jets are, are kind of far away. And don't be surprised if Deshaun Watson doesn't come to the Jets. None of this is a coincidence, in my opinion. I think that this is kind of being negotiated in the media. I really do think, I really do, like, I, that, that's, of course, my opinion. Like, it's just what I'm, what I'm gathering. So the way Lombardi was saying it was, you know what, Deshaun Watson, you're not going to tell me one team and then I'm going to negotiate with that team and we're going to get low ball. They're going to give me one first round pick, one third round pick and tell me to go home, right? They're going to give me the number two, give me an extra third and say, that's all you get. Maybe an extra first. And so Lombardi was like, I'm going to need Watson to give me three teams. If he was my quarterback, give me three teams and I can negotiate with any of them and he has to accept to either of them. Of course, that's, you know, playing hardball. But the fact that Lombardi is coming out and saying this stuff, the fact that now Adam Schefter is coming out and talking about how Sam Darnold could be traded for a first-round pick, which is like a really a big shift from last week, right? When everyone's talking about, oh, maybe a third for Sam. I really feel like this is all being negotiated in the media. So really the conclusion here is I still believe Deshaun Watson is going to come to the Jets. I still believe that we're not going to be drafting number two. And I do believe that, worst case scenario, we're going to stick with Sam Darnold. But I just, I guess like, everybody's always confused. What's going on? What does this mean? What does that mean? I really think this is all just, I think that the Stafford trade and the Goff trade really doesn't mean much for the Jets. And I do think that everything in the media from Schefter, from the, from the Texans beat writers, from the ESPN Jets beat writers, I think that they all are coming together. And to me, it only means one thing. We're we're in the middle of a negotiation for Deshaun Watson. The Texans want three first-round picks and Quinn and Williams, which is obviously insane because one of those picks is also the number two. Like, obviously, that's insane. And Joe Douglas probably wants to give them one pick, a third, and, and you know, Sam Darnold or something, which is probably absurd for them. So they're, they're trying to meet somewhere in the middle. So... That's me jet-splaining what's been going on with the QB rumors, with the number two, with the Mormon Mahomes, with Sam Darnold, with the Stafford Goff. Like, that's really how I personally see it. So I'm wondering how you see it, Alex. Like, as a um, – I mean, you're engulfed in this just as we are, right? Just as I am, just as the Jet Nation is. But I'm wondering how um, you see a bona fide superstar dude. He's 25. As like a bona fide superstar in Watson, how do you see how do you see what's happening now, and how do you see it playing out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first of all, let me clarify with the the Rams talk that I had earlier. They went ten and six, and they were in the playoffs. I'm sorry, I, I can't. I forgot there. It's so weird. Like it's not that I didn't forget. I guess it is that I didn't forget. The Rams are just so like irrelevant to me, and they like they underperform again to me. Like they should be doing much more work with how Sean McVay performs, but they went ten and six, so. Sorry for confusing out there. And in their ears are like, Alex, what are you talking about? They went 10-6 a season. Sorry. Um, 
Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, but to get to the Deshaun Watson talk, you know, there was also a report by Chris Sims, the NBC analyst, saying that Deshaun Watson was going to reportedly set out for the 2021 season. I think what we have to All understand right, here. Right, right, yeah. right. That's another thing that Lombardi was talking about. How, how, oh, okay, Watson's talking all this stuff. Well, I hope he's, uh, I hope he's ready to, um, you know, sit out, uh, because, you know, the Texans, you know, they do have leverage. They can start finding him. And then the next, the very next day is what you're about to say. Like, uh, uh, rumors about Deshaun Watson, how he's not afraid to, you know, miss camp. Like, it's all being negotiated in the media. Yeah, it's all being negotiated in the media, as you're saying. And it's an ongoing negotiation right now. Like, it's not one, a negotiation is like a one call. And it's like, nah, the deal's not going to work out. It's a, it's a process. Okay. And let's, let's also be real. Who has the assets to give what the Texans want? You know? The Jets, but at the same time, it's only the Jets. And what do they, what do they want to do? Who, who are they going to try to trade with Miami and take back their pick and Tua? What does that do for them? So <laughs> not even that, not even that. Yeah. Imagine doing all that and still picking behind the Jets. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like you, you still pick then, number three. <laughs> like that'd be insane if you were Houston. Insane. Hey. At- and like, I won't write off like if if JD likes someone in the draft. If you like someone in the draft, who knows? He may pick later. He may pick at number two. He may trade the number two. I think he's most likely to probably trade the number two than actually draft there. We already discussed this. I think he will do that. Well, um, but we we know that we, we know that Joe Douglas is not uh, from his, his. He's not. He's not. He's not an overspender. If anything, he's trying to figure out the fair market value for it and seeing who else is going to be in this competition. Who do I have to? It's, it's like you scope out the competition, right? It's like in uh like like i used to wrestle and, and the thing like you never be the aggressor in wrestling you always wait and you survey the land to see who's going to make that false move it's like playing chess too right you got to see who's going to make that false move so that way you can come in and swoop in and then make the right and make the right attack or make the right counter and so joe douglas is not going to just go bum rushing in and say hey i'll give you a you know two first round picks and a third and you can get darnold and whatnot no he's trying to figure out okay let's see how serious you are that you're going to hold on to a disgruntled star quarterback nonetheless who said he's now willing to sit out this season so that you will have a court not only will you have disruption in the locker room you won't have a quarterback that you have ready to go day one so that means you may have to I don't know, waste a draft pick or search the market to go find a quarterback for the interim. And I don't think that they want to give up. Uh, I don't think they want to take the chance of missing out on a quarterback that they may like this year, whether it be Justin Fields or the, you know, the, the Mormon Mahomes. Okay. So, uh, like the Texans also got to be, are also trying to figure this out too. Like they, they, they know that, look, they're, they're going to ask for three first rounders, but they have to understand like, well, you hope they have to understand that no one's just going to listen to their demands. It's like, okay, cool. I want five first rounders. Doesn't mean I'm going to get five first rounders. They're going to come somewhere in the middle. Okay. If the Jets are going to make a negotiation with them, it's going to come somewhere in the middle and the Jets have the assets to make that negotiation. That's why it's so likely for the Jets to be involved to get Deshaun Watson. All, I, I will say this. Like, I'm not like, I want Deshaun Watson. I'm invested in getting Deshaun Watson to, in the green and white. If it doesn't happen, I also wouldn't be surprised because I think Joe Douglas is like, look, I have a limit and I would rather take the long haul than give, than mortgaging the entire future to get it. If the Texans are going to be that stupid to f- try to figure out and then 
break their own market saying, you know what, we missed out on an opportunity to get, I don't know, good enough compensation for Deshaun Watson because we were just dumb and not trying to negotiate. That's them. That's on them, dude. Yeah. And so I agree. Like, I agree. That, it's that, like, yo, listen, if you can't respect my number two pick and you're like, yo, it's give me three first round picks. I don't care that one of them is the number two. Okay. Sounds good, man. <laughs> like you know, yeah, carry like, carry on, carry yeah. on. Like go go ahead, go figure it out. Go go wait until the the next thing you know that Deshaun Watson sits out. If he's willing to sit out, could the team find him? Sure, but like look how much the kid has made. Like you think you you're telling me, you're telling me that he could sit. We saw what Le'Veon Bell did, right? And granted, Le- Le'Veon Bell was a different situation because he was uh, he was tagged, right? And he didn't want that sign that tag, but. He, and he couldn't go to another team. He had to come back and play for the Steelers and sign that agreement. And we saw what happened at the end. The Steelers were like, you know what? Forget it. We're not dealing this game. Go leave. Go figure it out. We're not going to take this. You're telling me the Texans are going to like I like we already saw a player do this. I wouldn't be surprised if Deshaun Watson, who already has a contract, right? Like, like what the the joke is the amount that he will get fined is not going to dent his contract. That's the joke. Um, and so what, like, what's the, what's the win scenario for, for the Texans? All right. We, we lost a quarterback for the year. We suck. Um, don't know what the next year's draft class is. No one's talking about next year's draft class to my knowledge. So you either going to miss out on a year or quarterback or you just say F it. Like, I don't think we get three first rounders because unfortunately this is what the market is giving me right now. So. Let me just go take what I can get and go draft a quarterback, be rid of a headache, have a quarterback that we can believe in and build around that our coach may actually like. And that's the other thing. What is the Texans coach? Who's the Texans coach actually like? Like, who do they want to build around? Like, that, this is all stuff that, that, yeah. that needs to be figured out, which yeah. like no one else is talking about, but we're just getting this high level stuff of like, oh, well, it seems like the negotiations are over. That's great. Yeah. It's great because it's just I, like yeah, you're right, dude. You're right. It's gonna completely change. It's gonna completely change once the combine starts. Once you know, once they're like evaluating for the quarterback, and they're like, what are we doing here, man? Like our backs are against the wall. Let's just pull the trigger. Like right now, tensions are high, right? Like right now, everything. Listen, man. There's egos involved, and Deshaun Watson and his people are showing up to Texans, dude. They're not. He's not answering their phone call. He's like, you know, he's showing up. He's smiling on Pro Bowl Madden. You know what I mean? He's having, a, he's having a grand old time, and he's kind of like, he's kind of like poo pooing the Texans, and they're like, dude, you're under contract. What are you doing? Like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? So like, I mean, that's the way that uh, Lombardi kind of put it, and I, I, I really agree with him. Like that from the management perspective, they're not going to be strong armed by some twenty five year old kid who they gave hundreds of millions of dollars to you know what i'm trying to say like they're just not gonna do it yeah and i mean like nor should i mean like like look as an organization like looking from the other side like looking from the player side like he got paid all right so like it's not it's like he should also want to honor that contract right just like the organization is honoring that contract but at the same time like the organization like it's there's just there's a rift right now. There's a rift because the Texans have been mismanaged for so long, and Deshaun Watson came into a promising situation, and now within a year, allowing Bill O'Brien as a GM and a head coach to ruin the situation, you're now trying to reassure confidence, right, back into the quarterback that you know we got we're going to get it right this time, 
But how can you say that you got, you're going to get it right this time when you allowed Bill O'Brien to trade away his best weapon? When you trade away Nuke and you bring back David Johnson, like what are, what are you doing? Like you're talking about like one of the best wide receivers. David Johnson, like top- David Johnson was the problem. Randall Cobb was the problem. That t- <laughs> they I brought mean, back yeah, Randall sure. Cobb. Not yeah. David Johnson's a beast. Yeah, David Johnson had like had an okay year. It was he wasn't winning games like he was out in Arizona. Like look, he's coming off an injury. He's not the same stud uh, David Johnson that we all used to know. Um, like. Yeah, Randall Cobb is, is another issue. You have Will Fuller, who's always injured. Like, the thing is, like, you got rid of the best. You got rid of his best weapon. Okay, David Johnson is a is he's nowhere near close to like in the same stratosphere as Nuke. Man, he's just not. He's just not. So, yeah, yeah. It, egregious it, it, trades, egregious trades yeah. by Houston, and 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 like you said, with this with giving away that pick to Miami, like. They have some PR to pick up. They have they like they want to. They also want to make out because they know this is a franchise trade. Like they know they know what happened with Nuke. Like you said, you know what I mean. And and it wasn't them. And it's a new regime now. Same owner, but new general manager, new coach. And so they want to kind of erase that and start afresh. Where look how excited we are when, when the Jets win a trade. You know what I mean? Like when the Jets win that Jamal Adams trade, we're like, what just happened? Or when we do the Leo Williams trade and we're, you know, kind of up from that, we're like, what just happened? You know what I mean? So I think that the, that's a Houston mentality. But honestly, dude, enough of that because again, it's all rumors. I just wanted to like catch up Jets nation on and really Jets explain what's going on with these quarterbacks, with these trades. Cause a lot of hoopla and, um, I guess like we, we, we read what everyone's saying. We're listening to what everyone's saying and we're just trying to make sense of it all. But what we do know, Alex, and when we have some definitive and substantive, uh, issues at, at hand, and that's the defense, man. Coach Salah is stealing more coaches from San Francisco as we speak. He's got the linebackers coach from San Francisco to come on over and. By all accounts, um, he's recreating the 4-3 defense that was used in Seattle and then was used in San Francisco with Salah on those defensive squads. So just really quick, the the 4-3, the 4 and the 4-3 are the D linemen. So that's made up of a weak side D end called the Leo, uh, L for Leo left. Uh, we got the six technique, the strong side defensive end. Then you have the two inside, which is the inside shoulder of the guard. And then you have the three technique, which is the guy on the outside shoulder. So that's basically what it looks like. We got four guys on the D line. We got the six tech and the two inside all set. That is completely all set by a man. You might have heard of him. His name is Quinnen Williams. He's our six tech. Never heard of no. that guy. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, he he has braces. He, he he might he might he might look like a little kid, but uh, he's an absolute monster, absolute monster. Um, led the team in sacks this year. Just an absolute killer. Um, and then we have uh Floronzo Fatukasi, right? And he's been an absolute beast with us and. He's switching from a nose tackle to 
a different scheme. So I'm excited about that. But those two guys are pretty much set in the interior. We also got some depth guys in Nathan Shepard and Kyle Phillips, who are who had pretty decent years for us. Um, and they're going to be like depth positions there. We then have the three tech, which your boy, your boy, John Franklin Myers. He's still on the contract. He had a pretty decent year. <laughs> with, with three sacks, two fumbles. That all came in like one game. Uh, the, like yeah, He has like a double-digit QB hits, but you really have to watch the games to see uh, John Franklin Myers' uh, impact. Uh, he's been doing well. So what do you think about that, man? What do you think about our our foundation uh, in our 4-3 uh, with Salah? You know, like I'm. I mean, it's a solid foundation to have. You know, with Q Will, uh, Fatukasi, and you have, uh, and you got John Franklin Meyer. I know you're you're eh, back and forth on Franklin Meyer, but look, yeah, man, I, he has I, some he has some on and off days. Yeah, he he definitely does have his on and off days. Um, I I'm I think it's fine. Obviously, you can always get better. You can always improve at that at those positions. Um, but I think it's a base. It's not, it's not terrible. We're not in such a, it's not dire, you know, the things that we need the most is an edge rusher. So if we can get an edge rusher, mm-hmm. that's, that's the Leo, that's the Leo, yeah. man. That's what, that's what we're going to spend some time on. So to start off, we have to cut Henry Anderson. That's $7 million. Even though honestly, dude, honestly, this is his scheme. He got screwed. He got screwed when Greg Williams came over. The only reason he came from Indianapolis to the Jets is because they switched to a 3-4 and we had the 4-3 and he was hyped. He did great. Then they switched over back to a 3-4. Now he's out of position. And if we cut him this year, we're going to save $7 million. However, we're back to a 4-3. We're back in his natural position. So it's a tough move, but I think that Henry Anderson's gone. Yeah, I think he's gone. I don't I don't see how you can keep Henry and- Anderson on <sighs> – it's just difficult, man. You're not gonna. You can't keep everybody, and you just can't. Seven so, million like, sounds nice yeah, to me. Yeah, seven million. Yeah, seven million back <laughs> to use is. It's better. It's only like than, two million dead cap or something, like one point five or something, something very small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and the thing is, like, what you so. You get seven million back on the books, if you don't want it's him. Huge. He's yeah, you get that's a lot of money, and on top of that, he's an unrestricted free agent in twenty twenty two. So if you're not going to, unless you're thinking about re-signing him, or you really like his value, like what's the what's the purpose of keeping him? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. So that leaves us with a big hole, man. A big hole, and and it's really not to be understated because without a Leo, without without that pass rusher in a four three defense, you kind of have no defense. <laughs> like it, it like, because. You don't really blitz in this kind of defense. It's really different from what you've been seeing, especially with that cover zero. Uh, Greg Williams, we're going to like a cover three here, guys. So buckle up because <laughs> like if there's no, if there's no pass rush on the, with the four, um, <laughs> we're not penetrating that line. Like we're just, <laughs> he's gonna, we play, we're gonna be playing zone, um, in the back. So the Leo is really important, man. We, we really have to be putting pressure. Uh, that's why Q Will and uh, Foley are going to be huge. Um, I, I don't expect much out of John Franklin Myers. Hopefully, he's solid on the right. I do think that that's like a later problem. 
<laughs> because the Leo is our first problem. So let's jump to free agents, Alex. Um, I got some free agents for you. Actually, before we before we jump into that, the last guy who who was this quasi pass rusher who was I guess playing the Leo ish if we had one this year is Jordan Jenkins. Yeah, I'd like to bring Jordan Jenkins back. In all honesty, I think I know he's probably looking for a longer deal at this point. Yeah, um, we've been kind of screwing him with these one year. We have, uh, yeah. we have, we have, we have, we have. So it's tough, man. It's tough because I do like what Jordan. I do like what he brings to the team. I don't know if I wouldn't say this year was good for him, but at the same time, was this season really good for anybody? So. It's tough, but I would like to see him. I would like to see him back on the team. You know, he's twenty six years old. He hasn't even reached his prime yet. I would like it, man. I, I I'd be fine with bringing him back. <laughs> I know I think it's he, tough. I, it's tough, man. But he's, he's gonna be your Leo. He's gonna be. He's gonna be on the. Uh, he's gonna. I don't know. I don't see. I, you see, know what I, I mean? I just don't know. I, I know. I know. I know. I know what you're saying. Like, you could always have him though as. That's not what he wants. Who, you know, know what I mean? You know who, what I mean? Okay, so look. Who, who's our weak side? Well, it would be John Franklin Myers. Yeah. <laughs> That's all, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So, so let's talk, let's talk replacements, uh, for the Leo. Cause let's just say that Jordan Jenkins is not going to come back. Um, it's finally time to cut ties with him, even though he's been our guy. Um, let's, let me, let me just throw out some names. So we have Shaq Barrett. Who is honestly basically a, the better version of Jordan Jenkins? He's the kind of the outside linebacker in the three four. Okay. Um, he's uh, he's he's on Tampa. He's 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 getting old, but dude, he dominated. Oh my god, he absolutely dominated this year. Um, but I, I just don't think he fits our scheme. I think he's going to be looking for his last big contract. Just doesn't seem like our guy. Um, then we also have some really familiar names, man, especially for Jet fans. We have Jadavion Clowney. We have Yannick Ngakwe. We got Bud Dupree and Leonard Floyd, right, coming off from Pittsburgh and, and Chicago. Like uh, Everyone who's been watching college football knows these guys. Anyone who's been watching NFL like knows these pass rushers. Matt Judon from Baltimore. Even got some lesser-known guys who have insane years, like Carl Lawson had a great year. Maybe not a household name. You got Melvin Ingram from the Clippers slash Chargers. <laughs> um, I know that's Solomon Thomas, um, who he, he's kind of like the John Franklin Myers replacement who might kind of happen. A 49ers guy who's coming off an injury, but I don't think the 49ers really liked him that much. Um, but any of those guys catch your eye, uh, for Leo? What if we brought Leo back? <laughs> Oh no! Well, he's not. He, I don't know if he. I don't, I don't know if that's his position. You know what I mean? But also, he's gonna. Yeah, be looking, yeah, yeah. He's, he's more on the interior line, honestly. Like I know, I know yeah. he's more interior line. They have him listed as a DN because I think the Giants were like flipping him out between DN and D tackle. I think mostly yep. on the DN. But I mean, that'd be interesting to have him come back and see if you could swap him over into another position. Hey, thanks for getting us a pick. Come back and play with us. But I think I, I think uh, he's looking for I some think, good money. He's looking for some big money. He's definitely looking for some good money. I don't think it's with the 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 Jets. Uh, I think I don't know. I have the names. I think like 
Jadavian Clowney is probably the one that's at the top of my list, although I don't think I really want to give him the big contract. Um, yeah, coming off all these guys coming off, honestly, every single one of these guys are coming off an injury. I think besides Yannick. I know. And, and the thing is, like, it's probably, it's probably best to go draft someone than actually sign someone. And then I think it's better to go draft someone than actually try to look for a DN on the open market just because the value of a DN is so high. Mm-hmm. Um, right? Like, this is the whole issue that we had with Jamal Adams this past year. It's like, look, we, we can't give a safety uh, so much money because you're not a prime position that's needed like a defensive end. So I think this is a position where it's probably best for the Jets to actually go through the draft than actually mm-hmm. bring in someone like Jadavian Clowney, Yannick Ngakwe, Justin Houston. Like all these guys are like good names, but if we were also looking at these ages, right, like this is why Leonard Williams was actually like kind of intriguing because he's 27. Maybe you can expect more out of him or Solomon mm-hmm. Thomas because he's 26. But everyone else that we're talking about here, excluding uh, Yannick, uh, everyone's in their th- close to like in the middle of their prime. You know what I mean? Like, so what are you paying for? You're paying for someone to be on the downtrend after two years, two, three years that you get them for. So mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And we already got that CJ Mosley contract that. Yeah, we'll so, get to the linebacker. We'll get to the linebacker. We'll get to the linebackers. I, I know. So <laughs> I for, know. For, it for, hurts. It hurts. It hurts so, so much. So, so I think this is actually a position where we're. I think Joe Douglas is actually going to work through the draft. I don't see anyone. It sounds like a cop out answer for for doing like free agency talk, but I mm-hmm. think it, it. I think it actually is because if we look at the values, right? Like look at Leonard Williams, who has the most. It was sixteen million. <laughs> like he's not no, going no, down from that, saying. right? And you're not going to get Jadavian Clowney for $13 million, okay? He's going to want more than that. He's going to get paid. And Yannick Ngakwe, there's no – that was the whole issue. We're talking about an issue. Yeah. He wanted one off the Jaguars and two to get paid. So there's no yeah. way that we're talking about getting this guy on like a, a bargain deal. Well, we'll so. see, dude. Okay, well, the, the only thing with the Yannick uh, thing is, first of all, you report you so. Like, he ended up in <laughs> Minnesota. How'd that work out? And maybe you're not as good. You know what I mean? He hasn't had that type of season. Maybe he needs that one-year proof of a deal in a real defense so that he can get his numbers up. You know what I mean? And guess what, guys? Like, that COVID salary cap is real. It, it really is really real. And I don't think that those the deals are going to be um, as high as they, they might imagine. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, prove-it deals. Uh, this year, but Alex, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I kind of, I kind of led you astray because I really buried the lead. First of all, Solomon Thomas coming off the ACL. I do think that the 49ers didn't really like him that much by the fact that they drafted Bosa after him and they got D Ford. Like, I, I don't think they were like really too high on him. But if he's looking for a contract, you know what I mean, coming off an injury, bargain deal for depth. I, I think him and John Franklin Myers would be fantastic. You know what I mean? Just hanging out on the weak side. But for the go ahead. No, 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 no. Keep going, keep going. But for the but for the pass rushers, I really buried the lead, dude. Because and you know how I am, dude. When I find the guy, when I find that bargain guy, when I find the guy that I think is gonna be perfect for the Jets or the Knicks, I kind of hold on to him, right? I think I found our John's free agent like pass rusher. John's like your typical person that goes to the grocery store with the coupon. That's like. I've been holding this for the right week. Yeah, those dude. intimate, those intimate assorted donuts—they're they're catching my eye. Good thing I got this this five dollar coupon that I'm about to slide no, on the register. And they look at that coupon, they're like, 
sir, you made it through with one day left. Look at you. Look at you, sir. I think of it. I think of it more like a stock, all right, or maybe like a sho- or maybe like a shoe that I a sneaker that I bought, or like a pair of ones that I'm holding on. Oh my god, what's not? I'm like. It. Let's not get into I'm like, all right, next year, by next year, by next year, it'll go up, which, by the all way, right, no, I've been no doing well. No one wants to hear about your Nike store, Ross. Okay, <laughs> right, anyway. If this, guy, if, anyway. This guy, if this guy ever complains that he doesn't get a sneaker, don't don't pay any mind. This man went one like three times, okay? Hey, man. He's got- hey, man. <laughs> hey. Don't stink guy sneakers at, but we got some things coming soon. All right. Anyway. Anyway, I buried the lead long enough. The man's name is Trey Hendrickson. Trey Hendrickson is an absolute monster edge rusher on the New Orleans Saints. He was a top pass rusher at Florida Atlantic, third round pick, uh, three years ago. He got buried behind Davenport, uh, Marcus Davenport on the line, who, um, the Saints traded up for the pass rusher from, um, Mississippi State, who has been a beast, but he's, he's had his injury concerns. And Trey Hendrickson last year, Stepped up. He had three starts in 13 games total. He had four and a half sacks. That would have been third on the Jets last year behind Jordan Jenkins and Jamal Adams. He had three starts. This year, he started all 15 games opposite Cam Jordan. He had 13 and a half sacks, 25 QB, QB hits, a forced fumble and a pass deflection. It goes without saying, he would have almost doubled our total sack leader, which was Q Willow with seven this year. He is the when I, he is the perfect edge rusher for this team. I think he would be a bargain. I think we can get him for like 20 million guaranteed, probably half of all the other guys they listed. And I think he's literally better than them. And I just think that he would be a perfect fit for a Salah-type defense. So... My edge rusher, like my guy, this is like my free agent guy this year that I, my eye is on is Trey Hendrickson. I, I would love him in a Jets uniform. All right, all right, that's definitely good market value. I mean, like looking at him, at, he's making seven hundred dollars this season. So you wouldn't have to pay that much. Um, look at you going all the way down to find this guy. Um, dude, Trey Henderson's my man, dude. I, I like. I don't even think he's going all the way down. You know what I mean? Thirteen and a half sacks, dude. Thirteen and a half. <laughs> we're, like we're freaking out because Jamal Adams had six and a half. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I know different position. I'll, I'll say this different position. So like we can't we can't really like. I know, I know, but uh, he had three starts last year. He had four and a half sacks. For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, but we're talking like legit two different positions, like. Safeties are like, oh, how many times can a safety do yeah. that? Sure. The end. You're, I mean, you're there. You're on the line. Like, hope that's your job. That is your job. No, he definitely like looking at looking at him. Right, looking at Trey Hendrickson. He definitely took. Uh, he took a step forward this season. Has, had, I mean, thirteen and a half sacks as he as he talked about. Um, like, dude was just all over the place when it comes to, like. Making plays, twenty-five combo tackles, twenty-two solo tackles. He started. He started fifteen games this season. I don't know if he missed one due to injury or whatnot, but he definitely plays right. Like he definitely can get in the backfield and start causing some havoc. So that's something that you. That's something that that you want, obviously, from the D end. So 
it's a good it's a good find. Do you think the Jets are going to be, make that move? Do you think JD is looking at this guy saying, "Hey, let's bring this in. Let's bring this guy in," or what? He's just such a he's such a Joe Douglas guy to me because he was he was a top pass rusher um, at Florida Atlantic for like mm-hmm. two or three years. You know what I mean? So he has the background, and when he when he got an opportunity, he shined. And the only reason that he's not going to be re-signed by the Saints is because. They have Cam Jordan and they have Marcus Davenport. You know what I mean? They can't spend any more money on the D line, and plus they have they're paying quarterbacks like a hundred fifty million dollars over there. They they got their own issues in New Orleans. Uh, plus Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, like they are their salary cap is to the top. So that, now, that, that, so they, I I just feel like it's more of a bargain. You know what I mean? Because that that's what Joe Douglas does to me. He he he's not, doesn't really feel like a splash guy. You know what I mean? I know that we're talking Deshaun Watson and whatnot, but. Especially when it comes to defense and stuff like that, Trey Hendrickson just feels like a Joe D guy to me. For sure, for sure. Now, my question for you is, right, like, is this guy the – because New Orleans had a solid defense this season. So are you saying, like, was he just – the question is always, was he just a cog in the machine or was he one of the leading forces for the machine? You know what I mean? So what do you you feel? Do you think he's – because that's essentially what, you know – this is where I come back to like this is where you want to draft somebody because you're looking for someone to be that yeah that's be that the worry in the machine right so like that's the we worry don't know who was the cog yeah so yeah I mean I guess I guess I guess the answer is it's twofold for me it's one one my positive for that where I'd say yes uh, I think I think he was just a piece and he wasn't um, like he actually made a difference on the line I would say. You can compare that to Quinn and Williams. You know what I mean? He's going to have somebody next to him that can play and penetrate. And he got seven sacks this year kind of by himself. You know what I mean? So if he can do that and right next to him is Trey, he kind of has somebody already. On the negative side of that, if you're going to tell me that they weren't really focusing on him because they have Cam Jordan on the other side and sometimes they have to double Cam Jordan and no one's going to be doubling John Franklin Myers. <laughs> um like I, I could see that, you know what I mean. I definitely could see that, and, but, but hey, man, like as you said, edge rusher is such a premium position. I don't see us paying for any of the top guys like Leonard Floyd, Javion Clowney, Yannick if he's looking for a big deal, Matt Judon who doesn't even fit our scheme, you know, Carl Lawson who's looking to get paid, Bud Dupree coming off an injury, Melvin Ingram who's old. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't know if these guys, these guys, I think are going to get more money than Trey. And I don't think they're better than him. Or I don't think they're going to produce more than him. So it just feels like a bargain deal. Um, and he just, he, he really excites me, honestly. And don't forget, we have, uh, Zuniga, who, um, is a, you know, he, he, he started playing this year, but he's, he's also, that's his position too. You know what I mean? He, he's, he's our, he wants to be a Leo. He's going to be our pass rusher. So maybe, um, we kind of already have somebody hanging out back there. Maybe we'll draft another person in the, one of the late rounds, another pass rusher. You know what I mean? That that that'll be two. That'll be a rookie, a sophomore, and you know a free agent, all hanging out uh, as a pass rusher for like twenty five million uh, total. If we give uh, Trey twenty, you know what I mean? That that's just how I think about it. No, 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 that makes sense. That makes sense. All right. I mean, it's it's out. It's out. We'll see what we'll see how Joe Douglas uh, plays. It hopefully goes after your guy, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see because. If you want to go up, you know, up a notch to uh, the three in the four three 
um, your boy, we're, we're, we're kind of strapped because your boy C.J. Mosley, dude. Yeah, yeah, that's this is what's so tough about going after like one of those like we consider like the premier guys on the free on the free agent market is because C.J. Mosley still owed that contract. You know, we didn't have to take care of him this season, but uh, we're going to take care of him next season. So. It's an issue. It's an issue. And especially since this is not, you know, that was, that's another McKagan signing. Um, I think that's, that's definitely the last McKagan signing that we have to worry about. So it's just tough, man, because he, <laughs> yeah, he the, really, Tremaine Johnson's finally coming off the books this year. So I can finally stop worrying about McKagan very soon. One I more know. year of Tremaine Johnson. <laughs> My God. So look, it's, it's, uh, we're, <sighs> For CJ, right? Like, I know what CJ brings. It's going to be great to have him back on the defense. I think he's overpaid for what we need on this team at this moment, especially where the other needs are. But it's tough, man, because he, he's going to impact how we're able to maneuver free agency, right? It's, this is why I, I think JD, like, tried to be a penny pincher when it came to players like Robbie Anderson and so forth, because you look at CJ Mosley on the books before like everything was going on. We didn't know how everything was going to pan out. It's like, well, I can't spend money because a lot of guys, especially true main Johnson is not playing is getting money. So it's tough. It's a tough situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be our starting Mike linebacker in a four, three, you have three linebackers. You have a Mike, which is the middle. That's the M you have a weak side called the will. And you have the Sam, the strong side. So we're going to have C.J. Mosley, the Mike, the inside linebacker, kind of holding down the running back, kind of just in the middle of the defense, right? We, we, we better hope he's in shape. He's been putting on workout videos, which always scares me because <laughs> that means they're like, it's just like, you know, the girlfriend who just breaks up and posts on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what people working out on the offseason videos. That's what that means to me. Um, so it kind of worries me a little bit, but I'm hoping he comes out okay. We got we got some issues, man, with the with the next two linebackers. Um, the weak side linebacker, I think we have Blake Cashman, who we just draft, you know, who was a recent draft pick. I think he'll stay, but I don't think he's he's definitely not solidified in this position. Um, and neither is ne- uh, Neville Hewitt, who's a free agent this year. I don't think I, I, he can come back for depth, but I don't think like these are bona fide starters. Uh, Harvey Lange, another one. Um, he could be back just to hang out, but none of these guys are um, are uh, too. They're not game changing, right? They can even play the Sam, but I don't know, man. One weak side linebacker that I like as a free agent that I think could really fit in this team. He's a veteran, though. Uh, I think he's going to be really cheap. The last two years, he made $6 million guaranteed total. So he's, he's, he's going to be cheap. Uh, KJ Wright from Seattle. Uh, they already drafted Jordan Brooks, his replacement. Um, he's a free agent. Uh, Salah play, uh, coached on that Legion of Boom with KJ Wright. I don't know. Uh, uh, he, he seems like a good fit at weak side for us. He could. He could definitely fit out weak side for us. I mean, it's either him. I mean, you also got – hey, look at this. You got your boy Von Miller on this list. Isn't that who you want? <laughs> but no, I mean, gotta, yeah, I don't, I don't know about all that. I mean, 
you got him. You got Oliver Vernon, who I also like as well. Um, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. It looks like the outside linebacker market is really not that deep. I mean, we can go to like you can look at like Alden Smith if you want to go further down. You can go. Um, there's just it's just uh, looking at it. I mean, you got Marcus Golden, another one. Hassan Reddick. These are guys that like I'm I'm looking at that I think would be like fine additions. They're not people who I'm necessarily over the moon over. I do like who you chose. Um, you know, KJ. I know you. I I do like KJ Wright. Uh, I think he's solid. It makes sense because he knows. Um, he knows Salah, right? It just it it's like all matching right there. So I wouldn't be surprised if he came over to the Jets just because of that connection. Um, let me ask you this question, though. What do you think about Leonard Floyd? Uh, like, listen, I was actually a really big Leonard Floyd fan coming out of Georgia. Um, I actually really wanted to draft him. Um, I don't love him. I, I don't – he he could fit um, as a weak side linebacker. But to be honest with you, I, I wouldn't want to sign him. Okay, I mean he's okay. You know he does. He doesn't. He doesn't move the needle for me, and I think he's gonna want money. I think he's gonna want like eight million a year or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the thing is, like, when you start looking at these guys and their numbers and their production and like their age, like, you know, we can keep going down the list, and you know, we can look at. Um, I mean. We can go to like Pernell, Pernell McPhee, like if you want to go there, like Baltimore, but he's on the older side. You'd want to get him on a, on a shorter term deal just because of his age. He's 33 years old. Like it depends on how you're looking at this. Are we looking through, are we looking to make this through free agent like a solution because we don't have that because of CJ Mosley or are we looking for like a stopgap and try to, and try to draft somebody? You know what I mean? So this is where the situation comes back to again, uh, with this whole issue with like, CJ's contract and trying to figure out and looking at like the whole market. So, you know, another person, another player that we could look at is, uh, uh, Arizona's outside linebacker, uh, Devondre Campbell, who would be another, who'd be another solid addition. Um, yeah, I don't know about any, uh, I, like on the weak side, I just, I don't, I don't, I think because we have Cashman, because he would, because, uh, Hewitt did okay last year. Uh, he's on a uh, unrestricted free agent. I don't think he's going to cost more than a million. I think KJ Wright, we can get cheap. Um, as I said, he only made six million over the last two years combined. I think we can grab, I think like, uh, weak side's not going to be a huge issue for us. Um, and I think like we will like band-aid that up, to be honest with you. The Sam is going to be the most important, in my opinion, after edge rusher, that's going to be the second most important position that we add to this team we have peanut uh who's who's just a pass rusher he could maybe come in as a sam and not really as a sam i i don't even know he could he's just he's just a pass rusher uh maybe come in um on like a third down situation but i think for the sam we really that's where we're gonna have to really draft a nice free agent linebacker um one who could Set the edge and um, rush the passer, but also cover a tight end and cover the running back out of the flat. Um, interestingly enough, if we keep our late first-round pick, 
I see us going in two ways. I see us, if Mika Parsons is still there, the linebacker from Penn State, I think he's a perfect fit for this Jets team. Um, or, of course, if there's a guard, and we'll talk about that stuff later. But a linebacker that comes to my mind later in the draft, and, of course, we'll do draft stuff later, but just to fill out the Sam is Chess Surratt. Um, I know that I've been yelling at you about Chess Surratt for a couple days now. Um, the linebacker from uh, North University of North Carolina, who was the quarterback, his big problem is he's kind of undersized, uh, but he and he whiffs on tackles, a la Darren Lee. Sometimes when I was watching tape, he kind of looks like Darren Lee on some plays. But man, he is fast and he covers, and it's exactly what we need in the Sam. So, to your point, I do. We we're going to start needing to address some of these things in the draft, and I hope that we start with the Sam linebacker. Yeah, I mean. We're gonna. We need a whole. You know, it's it's funny as we go through this that we see that because we said our defense was like was solid, but now we're starting to see that positions that we actually need, and we can debate about the the backs the backfield next, um, because that's where we've had a lot of rookies, and, and maybe it's not as barren as we think it is, um, but definitely when it comes to you know your your front seven, right? When we're thinking about outside, when we're thinking about pass rusher on the uh, for like the strong side DN, and we're thinking about weak side and strong side outside linebackers. I mean, this is where we're going to need solid depth to create, you know, just just to cause havoc. And I'm not and like it, it. So there's no one I'm guessing to your that you like in free agency that we think you can get on a cheap deal because I don't. I, for me, I don't see anybody. Nah, that... not for a coverage, Sam. Yeah. Nah, nah. Just honestly, really, the only linebacker I, I I'm contemplating that I kind of like is KJ Wright, and that's because okay. he's cheap and he fits the mold. And you know what? Transition man, transition into the DBs, like you said. I think I think Richard Sherman is coming. Um, yeah, that's to, right. to... I feel like that's I feel like that's a lock at this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and and you know what, KJ Wright, that's nice. That's a nice guy, you know, to to fit to fit that mold with him. But you know, jump into the DBs, man. I want I want to hear your thoughts on. We've been talking about them all year. So we have Richard Sherman coming. I mean, we had we had the rookies in in Javelin Goodry. We had Bryce Hall. We had Arthur Mollette and Bless Austin as as second year guys come through. Like, what what'd you think of the DBs and um, who do you have staying and going? So right now, right for our secondary. Like we have bless, we have bless Austin, we have Bryce Hall. These guys are definitely staying, especially when you look at their contract. Look, bless Austin's made is going to be making eight hundred ninety thousand dollars this upcoming season, and then Bryce Hall another eight hundred fifty eight thousand. Those guys are not going anywhere. They're, they're on the books, yeah, bar, bar, <laughs> yeah. Like they're on, they're on the books, and you may even see them like getting a, a good majority of the work next season. Um, then we move, you know, like Lamar Jackson. He's going to be making seven hundred. He's probably going to stick around too. Um, Jevlin Goodry is another guy who's making the same amount as Lamar Jackson. He's going to stay around as well. So those guys, no, no one's leaving. No, out of that group, no one is leaving. Obviously, we have uh, Ashton Davis, and we're going to go include our safeties in this. For include safety, right? And then you also got J.T. Hassel, and you got Elijah Campbell. Other guys that will probably be on this team just because they're such bargain values. 
Um, and they're not really taking up. You're saving pennies at this point when it comes to thinking of the salary cap. These guys are all underneath a million dollars. So it, it's not like we're, we're strict in that, in that way, right? Um, Arthur Mollett, probably not coming back. Um, and I'm fine with him not coming back. I wasn't really, you know, too fond of his past coverage. You know, him and Pierre Desir were just like, just, just, might as well just not put anyone out there because that's what we had, what it felt like. Um, Mollett, not as bad as Desir. Um, and don't let those interceptions once again fool you for Desir. But, you know, those guys, like, those guys, like, that's where we have the rookies and hopefully you can, like, either add someone through the draft again. Maybe look through someone through free agency, although I don't think Jay, that's another prime position that you don't want to have to overspend on. Like we still have the TJ, uh, contract on the books for this last season. So it doesn't seem, I don't think that we're going to be able to spend that way. So we're going to have to rely on some of these young guys to figure it out. And hopefully the coaching staff can build these guys up. The guy that we definitely got to talk about though. It's Marcus May because I think he needs to, like that's the guy that needs to come back. That's the guy we need to pay, and that's who the that's who you know one of this contract's going to go towards because of his play this season. And it would just honestly, I just think it would be bonkers if we lost both of our safeties, both of the guys from the same draft. Like I don't think you can just let Marcus May walk. Dude, rank number five, rank that. number five, rank number five by PFF this year for safeties. Yeah, I think it'd be insane to let him walk, and especially since we like. Regardless of your feelings of Jamal Adams, like it was a he's a top safety that we don't have anymore. So we can't just we can't just deplete like our talent pool so much where it's just, you know, regardless of who drafted them, like Marcus May is a good player. Only one season that he had to deal with an injury. Played really well this season. You gotta pay him, man. And that's where that's where it's also gonna be hard to like figure out our cornerback situation because we do have to pay Marcus May. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I think Marcus May is a lock. I um, I think you had a pretty good assessment on the DBs, man. I think Arthur Molette is gone, like you said. I absolutely love Bryce Hall, man. I love him. I love Bryce Hall. And I can't wait to see Bryce Hall, Lamar Jackson, and Bless Austin with Richard Sherman in a zone scheme. They're gonna play that cover three, the cover three zone scheme, and man, I do think they're gonna thrive, dude. I really do. They're not gonna be put on an island, and uh, I think that Ashton Davis is gonna thrive there too. Um, one position we didn't really talk about is um, the slot corner. Um, your boy Pulio had an amazing year. I, I think he might be too expensive for us to uh, retain. He he, he had an unbelievable season. Um, he was ranked 11th on PFF out of all DBs this year. Um, guy was an absolute monster. Yeah, he's 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 not coming back. Like, yeah, there's no he, way he wants a contract. There's no there, there's no one. He wants a full on contract that we're not like it's going to be. There's no way it's a competition between him and Marcus May. Okay, so mm-hmm. May staying. Also, we actually need like we can't. It's a luxury to have a nice uh <laughs> nickel corner. Slot. Yeah, or swap corner, whatever you want to. Yeah, like, yeah, nickel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, like whatever you want to call them. It's like, it's a luxury. Unfortunately, we're not there to have that luxury. I don't see him coming back. Like he made five million, uh, this past season. He's gonna think, want more than that. Do you think we could like get uh, Kewan Williams 
the the nickel from uh, San Francisco who's a free agent to uh, come join us? I think that's definitely possible. You know, I think I think we're not. You know, he's you know half the cost of. Yeah, so that's the whole thing. He's he's half the cost of Brian Poole. I think that's definitely plausible because coming off injury, coming off injury, he's older. Um, he probably you know loves Salah like a lot of those guys do, and they'll come over and maybe he comes over for a bargain deal. He's a beast, um, man. He's honestly you know, a beast. We wouldn't we wouldn't feel a difference honestly with with K Will and Javelin Goodry we would not feel a difference with Pulio gone. I promise you. Not at all, not at all, and I think and that'd be such and, a gr- oh my god, and I and I and I love Puyo. I would love to bring him back, but we're just unfortunately not there to pay for Puyo. You know, he's gonna he's gonna be on a good t- contending team. So, all right, so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Going into going into starting day next year, if our DBs are Ashton Davis, Marcus May, Richard Sherman, Bless Austin, Bryce Hall. Lamar Jackson, Kay Williams, and Javelin Goodry. Are you good? I mean, for the the following season, yeah, that's fine. You know, game one. Because, well, yeah, game. I mean, game one. That's fine. Let's also be real where this team is. We're not competing for a championship next season, too. We're we're in honestly the depends depending on our quarterback, man. Depending on our quarterback, okay. we could be fighting Fair. for a division. If, we could if, be fighting for a division. If, if if the upgrade is Deshaun Watson, right? If the upgrade is Deshaun Watson, I would be, I would want a little bit more at the cornerback position then to keep us in games. But for okay. the first season, fair, fair enough, that's the, fair. For the for the first season, like it, 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 this is if you're telling me we have Sam Darnold, you're telling me you know, well even with Sam Darnold, I'd still want like something probably a little bit more competent because we have to have Sam and the team thrive to see what we have in Darnold. But say let's 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 throw it in the let's 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 throw out Darnold and let's throw out Watson. Let's say Douglas shocks us all and drafts a quarterback this draft, right? Let's say it. Mm-hmm. Let's just go that. Let's just go that route. If you're just giving me that lineup, I'm perfectly <laughs> fine. Yeah, if we have to, I'm perfectly fine with that lineup because in reality, where are we going? You know what I mean? Like, where are we going? Sure. Like, yeah, sure, I, I would be fine. But we're if gonna we're be gritty, though, man. We're gonna be gritty. It's going to be gritty, and I'm like, I think that Salah is going to pull, you know, like a Tom Thibodeau effect, like we've seen with the Knicks so far. Is that? Oh man, that'd be he's amazing. gonna he's gonna increase the level of play, and the floor is just the floor is going to elevate. So you're gonna have these guys competing day in and day out. But the thing that I would want, I just want my I want my secondary to be stronger. Man, this has become a passing league, as we like everyone loves to say, right? Like mm-hmm. we need guys who can cover, who can play, who can play man to man coverage, who understand the concept of a zone and can you know kind of lock down that zone and just understand their reads. Um, mm-hmm. It's that that backfield would be fine. It would not be great. We'd still be we'd be we'd be treading the same where we were. Two seasons ago, not this past season. Two, two seasons ago, we were just yeah. middle. We're middling passing. It wouldn't be as yeah. bad as we we saw this season, which I'd be fi- yeah. which I'd be okay with. Yeah, I agree. I, I I I think that with a scheme, a zone, an actual zone scheme with Richard Sherman being there, and with actual linebackers and a pass rush and a defensive coach, life is going to be completely different. We're not going to be putting Bless Austin on an island. Uh, in the fourth quarter, you know, with an all-out blitz, like this is stuff like this is not going to happen. I think that the whole um, 
whole criticism for the Seattle defense, for Richard Sherman in, in, in San Francisco, is that they play his own, and it's all scheme, and he's not that good. Great. That's exactly what we have. We have a bunch of decent corners, and if they're schemed right, and we have a pass rush, I think we're going to be absolute monsters. Um, I really like that, man. I, I love what I see in Bless. I love what I see in Bryce Hall. I think that Lamar Jackson and Goodry have a lot to learn, but I like what I see. And I think that if Richard Sherman's there, it'll be nice. It'll be really nice. I mean, of course, I would love to draft a corner somewhere late. Um, and we'll get to that, of course, as the time goes on. But, man, I'm, I'm excited about our corners, dude, especially if Richard Sherman is there to, like, talk to them. You know what I mean? I think it's such a big deal. I really do. I really think I think that's such a big deal to be like, hey, like, trust me, this is what this is what this wide receiver is gonna do. This, you know what I mean? Like, th- oh, that's for a sure. Huge to deal. have to have an actual like veteran that has played at the highest game and and yeah. won at the highest <laughs> level and won. Yeah, I mean that's immense value. That's immense. That's knowledge, man. That's why like Sherman coming to the Jets should not be an issue for anybody. Like, you can say whatever you want about Sherman, but having like. Having yeah, any got, of those players who's willing to give knowledge, and I'm like Sherman's willing to give knowledge. You know, he's not one of those vets who's like closed off and doesn't want someone else to succeed. He's already shown that he can. So, I'd dude, be fine we got Bryce that. Hall. We got Bryce Hall's uh, undrafted rookie. Didn't play half the season. Ranked 67th out of 121 in cornerbacks. He didn't have a coach. You know what I mean? Like uh, that, that excites me, dude. That really does excite me. And I, and you know, sh- uh, you know, uh, let's go through some shout outs for uh, PFF and uh, tell me if you have any thoughts to any of these. Uh, Neville Hewitt, thirty third out of eighty five. You know what I mean? That's pretty nice. John Franklin yeah. Myers, thirty four out of one thirty. Q Will, twelve out of one thirty. Fatu Cassie, fourteen out of one thirty. Just an unreal D line, dude. You know what I mean? Unreal. Uh, we, yeah. Henry Anderson and Basham. 56, 58th. Jordan Jenkins, 37th out of 112. Like, we have, you know, shout outs to Bryce Hoff. We didn't mention him today. You know, like, we, I don't think we're as barren as, as it makes it sound. I, 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 I do think that Neville Hewitt should be back. Um, I would love, uh, Lange on the special teams. But I think that pretty much wraps it up for our defense and the free agency, uh, wishes. And kind of uh, who who we think we should sign and who uh, we think will be gone. Yeah, uh, that's it. Let's show on our so. starters. Because <laughs> like we have we have depth moves now. We're going to be cutting people. Yeah, We're going to yeah, be cutting yeah, people as the time I, yeah, goes on. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. But if if you're good on uh, what we discussed so far, John, I think I, I'm set with what we have to set. What I have to say. And All if right. Cool with that. Let's take a let's take a break. And then come back for the etc. Sounds good, man. Super Bowl props. Let's get it. What's going on, everyone? And we're back from the break. And for you, for Super Bowl weekend, John, this is the last week of football. I can't dude. believe it, man. Dude. I can't believe it. Does, I don't know where jet, this jet time season, Jet season's about to start. Jet season's about to start. <laughs> jet season's about to start. It felt like it was just yesterday when we just started doing this podcast. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um... All right, so we got some prop bet action for you people out there, for you gambling heads for Super Bowl Sunday. So let's get through. Pro- there's 400 prop bets on the market right now. Absolutely absurd, but let's go through our top three 
uh, that we like the most. So, John, <laughs> I don't know if I can stop at three. I don't know if I can stop at three. You can gladly, you can gladly give extra if you want, but let's let's give it for let's 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 try right now for our top <laughs> okay. three that we like. All right, so I'll let you go first because I'm the kind gentleman that I am. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh man, so I guess you know, asking for my best prop bet. That's tough. Um, I think the prop bet that's most likely to hit. To be honest with you, is Shaq Barrett solo plus assisted tackles, not including sacks, is over three and a half. And that's minus 115. Chiefs have no left tackle. That's like my easiest uh, bet of the day. Okay, okay, okay. I'd have to say for me, my, let's see, for me, for my first bet of the day, has to easiest, be. Easiest, easiest, biggest lock. Huh. Oh, easiest, easiest walk. Oh, for me, the easiest one, easy right here. Uh, how many players will have a reception for the Buccaneers? Take under seven and a half. It's plus one fifty-five. There's no you. You name eight players right now that are getting eight receptions right now. You think of it, all right? If Tom Brady does this, I'm going to his house. <laughs> I got some yeah, You're right. You're right, dude. You're right. Because what do we got? Mike Evans, Godwin. Uh, Bray, Gronk, Fournette, Ronald Jones, Scotty Miller. That's o- that's only seven. Who who else is that? Who? What would we what we got? A fullback <laughs> coming in here out of nowhere? The the, the, the ace spring like tight end. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that one. All right. Um, for my second lock, I'm gonna go with total over total for both teams combined. Over four and a half sacks at plus one hundred five. I think that's my second lock. Which one was that again? Repeat it one more time. That's total team sacks over four and a half. So five sacks or more total for both teams combined plus one hundred five. Okay, that's a solid one. I like that one. I like that one. I like the one a lot. All right, for my second one, I have to go with Antonio Brown. <laughs> How many catches is he going to have? And the over-under is three and a half. Take the under three and a half receptions for one for plus 110. Because guess what? Tony Brown hasn't been that involved in the offense. It's, it's not going to happen on the most important day of Tom Brady's <laughs> life, all right? <laughs> Let's keep that well, real. He did, he did try to force him a couple of receptions the last game of the season to get him his uh – his incentive bonus. So uh, we, 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 we at least know that it's difficult to get him b- the ball. Last game of the season <laughs> yeah. are the key. It's the key, key stretch of words right yep. there. Let's keep that. We ain't doing that. We ain't doing that in the most important game of his life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. And uh, okay. So I guess for my third boring prop that I think will easily win you money. Um, is will this game be tied after 0-0 and that's minus 135. I, I think that's a lock as well. So over four and a half sacks combined plus 105. The game's going to be tied after 0-0 minus 135 and Shaq Barrett to get over three and a half tackles, not sacks, solo plus assisted at minus 115. I think those are three boring props, but locks, which are important on Super Bowl Sunday when we seemingly bet Way too many props. For sure. And then for my last bet, because I'm insane, who's going to catch the first pass? I'm going. Reckless. So reckless. You're not, that's not even a roulette table. That's, 
I mean, I guess it is a roulette table. One out of thirty-two. Oh no, it, it, yeah. it, it, it is a roulette table. It is a roulette table. I'm look. Yeah, you, you can't go crazy. All right. So receivers who will catch the first pass for the Kansas City Chiefs. You got Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins, Michael Hardman, Quiet Edwards-Hilaire, Darrell Williams. Demarcus Cousins, and let me read the numbers. So for Travis Kelsey, it's two plus two hundred. Tyreek Hill plus two twenty five. Sammy Watkins plus four fifty. Miko Hardman plus six hundred. Clyde Edwards Hilaire plus nine hundred. Darrell Williams plus twelve hundred. Demarcus Robinson plus fifteen hundred. Give me Miko Hardman plus six hundred. <laughs> that is what I'm going with. It's it's the stupid. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. I see Andy Reid doing something totally stupid that's just going to be like, I did not see this coming. And it's going to be to Miko Hardman from Patrick Mahomes. Call it, yeah, just give it to me. You're nuts. <laughs> I'm not putting my money on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you a question, though, while we're here. Um, sure. What do you have on the game? So it's oh, it's plus minus uh, it's minus three Kansas City, and the over-under is 56. What do you got on the game? Didn't we call that to be the line? Like minus three last week? No, no, it was out. It was out last week. It was out. It was three and a half last week. We didn't guess that. Okay, okay, okay. I thought, I forget what we guessed. Um, I think, what was, what's the, what's the, what's the line at for over under? 56. Jesus. Yeah, I know. That's high. I'll help you out. I got, I got Tampa on the under. Yeah. I'd take, you're going to take Tampa winning on the under? Tampa and the under. I'm not actually going to bet that, and I'll tell you why right now. Um, but like in general, if you're asking me, I like Tampa Bay plus three and the, and the under. Okay, okay, okay. What do you got? Give me, give me Kansas City and the under. Okay, so now that we have that, I think it's the most Joe move to actually bet those lines, and let me explain to you why. So now that we have our top three. Uh, lock prop bets. Let me, I'm going to go through some bets that I think you should take, especially if you like either side. So Kelsey touchdown plus a KC win is plus 140. If you like Kansas City, Kelsey has to get a touchdown. So for me, that's, that is just way better, um, juice for the KC win. On the other side of that, which I like. I like the Bucks to win this game. The touchdown numbers plus a Bucks win, so it's a parlay, right? Is actually astronomical. You're talking about first catch? Listen to this, man. Gronk, touchdown plus a Bucks win, plus 750. Scotty Miller, who Casey honestly Sneed is a rookie. They have some I'm not really scared they're nickel cornerback. Scotty Miller plus 850. Touchdown and a Bucks win. Leonard Fournette, plus who has been playoff Lenny to the max, plus 375, touchdown and a Bucks win. Or Tom Brady, touchdown plus 900 and a Bucks win. So if you're thinking about those lines, I would just consider taking one of those guys getting a touchdown plus the team to win. Another thing that's interesting, um, with the team win is I I love you probably have noticed I love ties so if you if you take first half tie and the Bucks win it's plus sixteen hundred or if you take first half tie and the Chiefs win it's plus twelve hundred so I'm a big tie guy 
So I'm definitely taking those two and that will game be tied after zero at minus 135. So if halftime is a tie, I am in the money, man. I am looking good. I like that. All right. All right. And that's some, uh, that's some expert maneuvering guru, uh, moves by John. I, I, I like it. I'll take that. I got nothing more right. to add on that at all, honestly. Oh, okay. Wow. If, if, if those didn't scare you away, I'll, I'll give you, uh, the last, um, three prop bets that I think are pretty good. All right. Now yeah. I'm ready to be terrified. <laughs> <laughs> we got, we got a defensive or special teams touchdown by any team at plus 200. We got over three and a half field goals combined, uh, and for both teams at plus 105. And my last one, which is really my big shot in the dark, is Gronk first half touchdown at plus 500. Yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I like that one. I like that one a lot. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. I'll stay far, 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 far away. <laughs> all right. All right. So that about wraps it up, man. That wraps it up for the Cedera, wraps it up for the Super Bowl, that wraps it up for the football season. <sighs> I don't know. We're about to get into prime, prime, prime jet season. Yep. Free agency, draft, you know, what we look for every year, John. <laughs> As John shakes his head at me. <laughs> well, thank you everyone for tuning in for another Jets episode of the next Jets Etc. podcast. <laughs> He's continuously shaking his head at me. Just imagine someone who, as I'm doing this outro, as someone shaking their head at me. Rice, you play the music. <laughs> just shaking his head. It's ridiculous, yeah. It's ridiculous. Uh, I just need to be done with this. I need to be done. I need to have a real playoff. You you and me both, brother. You and me both. <laughs> um but thank you everyone for tuning in for another Jets episode of the Next Jets Etc. podcast. Please make sure to leave us a five-star review. Please make sure to leave us a review, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. We're on all listening platforms. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, you name it, we're there. Also, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right, everyone, thank you again. And make sure to tune in next week as we discuss the New York Knicks. And we'll have a guest on this time, all right? Catch you later, everyone. Let's go Jets. <laughs>